Good evening and welcome to the Laugh at Monkey Music Show. Today we're on Ted Leonard. How are you? Doing well. How are you doing? Doing good. So as we were saying earlier before breaking the fourth wall, I've been digging your music for a while. And I, I think it's very simple. Uh, it's a pattern of, of a lot of prog, prog style music. Is you, Everyone's in a lot of bands. Like I like one person and else like I realize that, oh, you're in that other band I like. And then so right. is like a bunch of other people. You know, it's definitely it's- a rabbit hole. <laughs> Absolutely. I've, I've been, well, in the, apart from the ones you already mentioned, you know, Spock, Spirit, Enchant, and Pattern Seeking Animals, which is the probably the, um, well, it's the one that I'm recording parts for right now, um, <laughs> recording guitar parts for, for our fourth album. Um, and, uh, but yeah, I mean, apart from those, I've been in a band called Thought Chamber, which was almost on the metal side of Proggy, um, and, as well as this band called Effector, which was just one album and um and they're thinking about doing another <laughs> one but, uh, so yeah i i always joke that like you know i sing for spock spirit and chan and any other band that has five dollars and needs a singer it's so. kind of cool though because it feels like it's like a very much like a working musician thing like a lot of bands do a lot of work with a lot of the artists it's very open it feels like it's a very good community where it's not like you know one band that's it i mean yeah i think it's i think well, healthy we, in this genre of music, I mean, you, you hear this band and you hear some amazing guitar player and you're like, man, I want to work with that guy. You know, I think in other bands that or in other genres where bands just kind of keep to themselves, it's, it's because the genre itself doesn't really produce the type of musicians that, that you want, that you want to, like, <laughs> I would, I mean, like Transatlantic's a great example, obviously, but, um, Pattern Taking Animals, people kind of refer to as an offshoot of Spock's because there's three members right. from Spock and the core writer. And I guess you could think of it that way. We don't like to, but, uh, but it's, you know, but it's, it's, it's kind of unavoidable that people would make that comparison. Well, what would you make the difference as to, to an uh, uninformed person saying, all right, we already have Spock's beard. Three guys from the band are doing something different. Like, how would you say this is different because I would say it's different because um, the, well, the song structure is a little bit more uh, immediate to uh, whereas Fox is a little more quirky. Mm-hmm. Um, so like pattern taking animals go, is I say immediate because you can pretty much latch onto it pretty quickly. It's not uh, doesn't it's, it's proggy, but it's not as proggy, I guess I would right. say. <laughs> um, so it has a, somewhat of a pop element. It also has a lot of, kind of world instruments and um really cool like acoustic things going on and and even dabbles into like spaghetti western kind of vibes occasionally and um you know it's just there's no rules that's the great thing about Prague but um I think the the bummer is that you know uh, like any genre people start to kind of gravitate towards a certain sound you know mm-hmm. it's got to Mellotron, it's got to have a V3, you know, it's, um, and that's great. I love those sounds, but PSA is a little bit more unworried about, about fitting into those, you know, kind of pigeonholes. And, um, so yeah, I think it's a, it's a little bit more adventurous in that regard. It's more proggy, but, but yeah, so it's, it's, and it's the thing that's going, that's, that's most active right now. We've, 
put out three albums in three years and intend to put the fourth one out in the fourth year. And, and it's exciting because I get to play guitar in that band, um, which in the other bands I played, I always play guitar live. Right. Uh, and, the, and occasionally we'll record a few parts, but by and large, the guitar was taken care of by someone else, you know, <clears throat> and, you know, rightfully so. I mean, they, both those guitarists and Enchant and Fox Spirit are amazing players that I would, you know, I, so most of the time when we're playing live, I'm just playing parts that they recorded. Whereas Pattern Taking Animals, I get to record my parts, kind of choose my sounds, you know, kind of create my right. tonal palette. So it's just, a, it's a lot, it's a lot of fun for me. Um, you know, getting to wear that hat as well, not just being the the dumb singer. <laughs> well, I, I hear a difference in all these projects you're in, but I wouldn't even want to gather to try to put it out there to compare it for people because obviously I'm trying to introduce people to you and a lot of your music, you know. Um, Enchant was probably your first bigger band, right? Your big Enchant band. was the first, yeah, Enchant was the first band that, that I was in that got signed. <clears throat> um, and so, yeah, that was how it started. Um, as a matter of fact, and, and, and Enchant, as far as for people who don't know, was uh, we, we kind of fell into the neo-prog um, kind of bucket, which which is how some people would describe like Rush. Um, so it, it was... I can hear it, that. I can hear that little kind of that feel. Yeah, the keyboard sounds were not necessarily old sounds. They were kind of, you know, newer synthy sounds, kind of like Rush. Mm-hmm. Um you know, and so we we were kind of in the Rush saga, kind of in that you know realm, and we en- we ended up being on the same label as Fox Beard, and ended up touring with them twice, and uh, once with Neil as the lead singer, and once with Nick as the lead singer. So we've known those guys forever. <clears throat> and then when I moved to Northern California, I was lived very close to the bass player from Fox, and he ended up joining my cover band, which is Rolling Heads. And, uh, and cause you're not enough bands already. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was just, you know, it's a money-making thing and it was fun. It's, and actually I liked it because I got to play guitar. I was the only guitarist, you know, so it was, it was fun for me to kind of rock out, you know, yes. in these bands, I don't really get to do that. And I obsess on guitar. I probably play more guitar than I sing for sure. And, uh, but anyway, so, so that he just, you know, when, when the time came for them where they needed a singer, <clears throat> he and I had already been working together for a few years. So it was kind of a natural transition to fill that hole in Spock's beard. And Spock's beard is, for those who don't know, is <clears throat> what I would call more retro proggy, which is, sounds like a oxymoron, but <laughs> retro prog. But uh, um, yeah, I mean, they kind of, uh, harken back to you know early yes genesis general giants yeah, as was the yellow genesis feel yeah so and then which is totally cool it's totally i don't think you from- sound like you but it's a feeling I'm, I, I guess i would say if you like old genesis and old yes you'll like spock's beard it's that feeling it's what i would probably say you know right yeah and it's in in some ways the in some ways though i think spock's was kind of more on the melodic side of that genre for that matter. You know, it was not, it was quirky, but it was, it was singable. Like I would say that there was, there was definitely moments with Genesis, of course, that were very memorable and obviously, um, but, uh, but Fox is a little more melodic. I'd say right. sing songs and latch onto the melodies a little more quickly, mm-hmm. especially the 
first six six albums with Neil at the helm, you know. So has it changed yeah. a lot? Well, so like with you singing now, are you singing the sing song has it changed a lot now with you being the singer now? I mean, what's the dynamic now of the songs? Well, there's some there's some um continuity there for sure that that's uh you know, after I took over, there's certainly the the keyboard sounds and the guitar sounds. And we still, you know, when we write, we try to write things that are approachable. So I come from a little bit more of a rock edge vocally, I guess. Um, So the vibe changed a little bit when I joined in that regard. Um, And the songs that I've contributed were probably not, they were less like Neil's writing (laughs) um, probably than anybody else in the band. So you could kind of hear when it was a song I contributed where, where it was definitely a deviation from, from the normal Spock's type of sound, um, which was cool. I mean, it was like, you don't want, I I don't know. I mean, I want the band to change. And you know, when I think about the, the various um, versions of Kansas that uh, the, the iterations that have happened over the years with, with, um, you know, Carrie Lipkin dropping out, well, actually first Steve Walsh dropping out and having a different lead singer come in and then Carrie Lipkin left and Steve Morris came in and and I love every iteration of Kansas right up until the modern day with, with Ronnie on vocals. And yeah. um, I love the fact that, that in some ways they're the same, but in some ways they've, you know, sounded very different. Those songs, those albums that were put out in the late 80s when Steve Steve Walsh came back and Steve Morse was playing guitar didn't sound like seventies Kansas at all. And people just, some people just hated it. And I loved it. I <laughs> just, because I was, you know, they could have put out a, a blank CD and I would have, well, I would have been, I would have loved it. I'm sure I would have been like, Oh my gosh, that's so innovative. You know, you would have yeah. copied some songs onto it from other Kansas albums. <laughs> What's that? I think you would have copied other Kansas songs onto it from other albums. That's all. Right. Yeah, right. <laughs> best of so yeah. you know i mean i love that growth and, and change and some people don't you know which i understand you know you think of spock spear some people think of spock spear they think of the first five albums or six um and they really that's they had a hard time when when neil left and i totally get that because i'm a huge neil morse fan right <laughs> you know the reason why i was so excited to get the gig is because i was already such a big fan <clears throat> um <laughs> so you know, it's, it's tough because like I, when you think about being a replacement singer and I've been that on a number of occasions, um, it's, uh, it's, it, you don't, you don't want to be, let's see, you don't want to be the Gary Sharon of the Van Halen. <laughs> yeah. Um, you don't want to be, you don't want to make one album and then the band goes, okay, that's it. We're done. We're done. <laughs> you know, that's kind of what happened with Van Halen. Um, you know, so I I was I was really worried about that when the, when we started and the hate that, that poor guy got, you know. Oh, yeah. It just you know I was really worried about that. But people, the first album came out of the gates and was and really struck a positive tone with a lot of people. And so um, we didn't really get that negative lashback, or if we did, they were kind enough to mutter it under their breath. <laughs> So is, while we're talking about that band, what's the next deal with you guys for a new another album? Or since you're balancing so many bands now, how does that go? Um, well, there, it was kind of um, on kind of a 
um, a hiatus of sorts, you know, and, uh, but oddly enough, I just got a text from Al about an hour ago saying, Hey, have you checked out the stems I sent you? And, um, so he and I are, he sent me some songs that he's been working on. Al's the guitar player for Spotsbeard, by the way, Al, Al Morris, you know, Morris's brother. And, um, and so we're thinking about doing another one. Um, awesome. So I'm going to throw down some vocals over what he recorded and see how it feels and see if we need to change keys or see if it's just, if it's, if it's worth pursuing. In the meantime, I'm really busy with pattern seeking animals. And then of course I have a job. So. Uh, On top of everything else. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. So, I, and my job's gotten more and more demanding over the course, you know, it's, it's almost like where the, where the the gap in my musical life created by COVID was like instantly filled by just more work. Oh. And, uh, and so it's been lucrative, but it's, but I'm happy to be doing music again. You know, I, I was, we were recording the whole time, basically. Patterns of Animals just kind of used that gap to pump out another album or two. And uh, <clears throat> so I've been busy in that regard, but playing in front of people is where it's at. It's what it's is it we... hard, like to balance it, like because like some people have jobs that are like in the music business or other jobs that where they can kind of take breaks. Like, how's it for you to balance the work load thing? It's a it's it used to be fairly easy um, back in 2014, you know, which was the last big tour. In 2019, we did a, a shorter one it was pretty easy to take my work with me on the road because I work from home anyway. Um, <clears throat> and I could get most of what I needed to get done from the road. And I just found on this last tour with transatlantic anyway, that the way the schedule was and probably because I play keyboards in that band and my computer is what houses all the keyboard sounds. So my computer was up on stage by like 2 PM. It was impossible to do any work. I basically roll out of bed at, you know, 1130, eat something, and then my computer would be all hooked up and on stage already. And so it was like, it was really hard to keep up with work this this recent tour. So um, if I'm not playing keyboards, it's not too hard. I can definitely just sit backstage and, and get done what I need to get done. But you might need to get a work computer is what you might need to do. Being an IT guy, that makes me anxious just thinking about you having everything on one computer. I know. Ajna, just thinking about it. Oh. I know, I know. What well, I used to travel with too. I used to have a, I used to have a PC for work and my Mac for the for the keyboards, and I used to do that. And I probably, if I know about a tour far enough out, I will probably get another Mac. Um, and this one will be relegated to the task of just uh, providing the keyboard sounds. Because, and actually, I don't even know if that's a good idea. That thing kept freezing on me during that tour. Um, only when we got the one of the keyboards was just not playing well with it and so i'd be i'd hit a chord and it would just uh, i'd walk away and the chord would just be ringing you know and if you're a keyboardist that uses uh main stage you know you have to go control p or something like that to just stop it and then you have to reboot it and so you're gone for 30 seconds at least um so yeah it was this thing was giving me problems so i I mean, yeah, actually, yeah, make that one your work one. <laughs> I need two new Macs. That's what I need. That's go. right, honey. <laughs> oh, and, yeah, I just got one. They're great. Got Mac Pro. They're awesome. Um, well, that. So you're doing the, the um, 
With trans, this thing is transatlantic. So what happens? Is that at a short period, 2019, and then that's on a break, or is that what's the deal with that one now? Transatlantic is a is a, a band that really only assembles and puts things out um, when they have time. So I'm not in the band. Um, for anybody who doesn't know, they they're a, a four person band that's kind of like a super group made up of yeah. of uh, members from various bands, including Mike Portnoy, you know, and well, I just might as well name them all, but members of Marillion, Flower Kings, Neil Morse, Foxbeard, you know, and Dream Theater and the 50 other bands that Mike Portnoy's in. And I'm the fifth guy. So I'm the utility guy that plays all the parts that their eight hands can't cover because, you know, invariably when you record albums these days, you layer parts. And Mm -hmm. and so I I go in and try to fill the holes. Yeah, fill the holes, make it as true to the album as possible, given my poor keyboard skills. Um, but uh, <laughs> All those awesome people, you're like, you have a poor keyboard player. That's a bad sell. <laughs> well, I'm not, it's never been, I, you know, I told Neil when he, when he approached me in 2014, I'm like, uh, you know, I'm not really a keyboardist. I can play parts. I know chordal theory and I can, I, usually the parts that I'm playing are pads or single right. You know, type of things, and I'm not having to, you know, play. As soon as you get like, forget it, you know. <laughs> so, um, but it was a it was a total trial by fire, and that uh, it actually advanced me on the instrument quite a bit just doing those that first six week tour with them back in 2014. Uh, so this time around was a little easier, mm-hmm. um, although the parts were on the new album were some of them were just nutty. Um, not even it wasn't so much like shred parts but just these weird lines that would change key every bar and then come down in major go up in minor and and, you know and just constantly changing keys so it's like unless you've been running your scales every day for the last four years it was hard to commit to memory it was it was actually more um remembering which interval comes next whether it's a whole step or a half step that's the only way I can really do it. It's like, ho, ho, have, you know, ho, ho, have, you know, just like, and because it was, it was, it was, I, there was no way to keep track of which key I was in for the next bar. It was just a nightmare. It was, it was this one particular theme that happens throughout the new album that, that, um, even Neil, you know, and Pete wrote it. He's the bass player. And he's every night, he's like, I'm so sorry I wrote that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty complex. It's, you know, it's a great album, but I'm like, you gotta be pretty good, you know, to be playing that. You gotta give us a little more credit. I think you're, uh, <laughs> you I know, know, right. going on. I, I got it, you know, I got it together, but, um, but, um, yeah, it was, it was a challenge for sure. I just, guitar is my main instrument and it's, it comes way more naturally and way more easily to, uh, to replicate some of these guitar parts than it does, you know, Neil's keyboard parts. It's pretty funny. So you, you know, you're in a lot of your bands, you're either singer and then keyboard. You, you, you know, not as much guitar as he would think being your main instrument. Well, in Spock's, yeah, I had to start covering keyboard parts almost immediately. You know, as soon as I joined Spock's, <coughs> I've always been a two keyboardist band. You know, um, and you know, even when Nick was lead singing, he was playing a lot of keyboard parts. He's a multi instrumentalist too. Not a bad drummer, by the way. Um, uh, hands down. Favorite drummer on the planet, I think. Um, so hopefully Jimmy doesn't see this. <laughs> but uh, 
but yeah, so there's there's always been those little parts. But again, they were like pads and single notes, you know. Um, and in chant, it's I've always just played guitar. I've never had to really cover any keyboard parts. So. And chant hasn't done anything in a while, like released anything since like 2014, right? That's correct. Chant still together though, right? Is it just? It's not. Yeah, when nobody's nobody's called time of death. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, yeah. I wasn't sure. I was like, "Oh, it feels like they didn't." I don't remember hearing anything about it, and I couldn't find anything on it. And I was like, "It's been a little, been a hot minute since you guys have done anything." But you have a lot of projects, so yeah. And, and the idea was um, a few years ago to um, to put something together, and I and they had like I think seven songs already demoed and and ready to go, and um, and then crickets. So I haven't I haven't really heard. I need to reach out to those guys. And do but those I guys have a lot of side projects also? Not these, well, cover band stuff, really. Just n- not, nothing. Uh, like you? I take that back. I take that back. Bill, uh, the keyboardist, has been involved in, and he's, I think he's doing the next Thought Chamber album. He was on the second one. And they're moving forward um, without me. And that was a conscious decision a few years ago because I had like four bands putting an album out in the same year and they and and they were wanting to uh, you know they were wanting to uh to do another one i'm like i've got to cut something and i'm gonna go crazy here oddly enough now i probably would have the time to, to do it again but it's stylistically it's just not my jam you know i i i love what we did but it's but it's you know it's it's kind of got that metal edge i'm, I'm not a metal singer i'll have to go back and let's do that's one of the pieces that you were and I was not familiar with it. So I'll have to check it out. Yeah, I mean it's great stuff. You know, I, I it was really cool. The first album, um both albums are great, you know, but uh but there's you know it's got kind of like a sci-fi edge to the lyrics and stuff. It was definitely the the guitarist's Michael Harris's baby. So he kind of wrote everything. I was just I just came in and embellished on vocal parts basically that was my contribution so but yeah solo stuff like i <laughs> and all this i mean since you play everything you can do everything do you have any stuff you work on just yourself that you, have, you know what i mean yeah i have i had a solo um out in 2007 ago, right yeah it was a while ago yeah and it was it was um yeah and i was getting ready to do another one um in 2010 or 11 um when spock's you know, called. And so a lot of those songs that were going to be on the, the next solo album ended up being on Brief Nocturnes. Some of them, um, one of them was on the following album, Oblivion Particle, and still another was on the, the more recent one. And actually, uh, two of the songs from that same era are on wow. the last Animals album. Yeah, I wrote a bunch of songs. I was going through uh, some heavy stuff. Um, personally and and just wrote just just you know wrote a crap load of songs in the course of about a year and uh and so some of those songs are still getting used, used. yeah it's cr- so, crazy yeah much much ado the, the two songs that i contributed for the last patterson animals album were both from that span of time what about you doing it your own something new fresh only because you've because of COVID, it's kind of, you know, time's changed a little bit. Is that something in your future, maybe? Yeah, I mean, I, I write parts 
um, and I haven't been, I don't know, I think it's just between work and, and life and everything. I haven't been that prolific. Um, I think my problem is I always have to go through something terrible to really spew out a bunch of songs. Mm. Something like traumatic. Tra- I, I feed off of trauma and, and, and uh, you know, I don't know why, but that's what, so, and I've just been too damn happy, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> so, so yeah, that's fine too. <laughs> life, life is too good. And so it's like, I don't know. I, I don't, I can't write that song. It's a happy, you know, I don't know. <laughs> I got really, it, whenever, whenever I, you know, and when I was on the, the Oblivion Particle and um, even for the songs that I contributed on Noise for, which was the third Spox album with me on it. Yeah. Um, those were more, those were written more recently, but even those albums were a few years ago at this point. And, um, and to, to write when I'm not coming from a place of kind of, um, of like catharsis, right. uh, I really have to create a story in my head. And it's interesting because that's what John, the core writer of Pattern City Animals, pretty much does and there's there's very little of his personal uh, experience in his songs it's it's always like a short story that he's concocted that he and then writes a story it feels uh, like a lot of singers do that they're either personal or their stories there's no like mix up between the two you're like is that real is it not real i don't usually see a lot of that with uh songwriters yeah and i think it would be obviously if you're if you're not writing about personal things then you have a lot more material uh, material to draw from. <laughs> you know? I don't think you only have one life, and it, it gets pretty old to talk about the same, you know, terrible thing that happened to you. You know, um, you start to it's you start to stretch a little bit. You have to talk about the weird things, like you know, like peeing your pants in first grade. Um, <laughs> well, that could be an album too, right? I don't know. <laughs> you might have to wordsmith that a little bit better, but it could be something. Actually, uh, actually, I don't know. R. Kelly probably did something already with that. So, you know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> ah, that shot. <laughs> so actually, um, one thing that I can also talk about, and probably to the end of this, is gear, your guitar. Like, what's your what's your what's your gear setup for like your guitar? My my newest addition is I don't know if you've ever heard of Greg Cock. That's his name. That's what he calls himself. Does uh, a lot of things. <laughs> Other people would pronounce it Koch. It's K-O-C-H. But anyway, he anyway, he that's how he pronounces it. And so he has a signature series Reverend guitar. It's very much a telly. Um and nice. it sounds it's very it's you know, it's it sounds like a telly. It's it plays like a telly. Um, you know, and it's but it's got this this pickup system in it that's completely noise free. So one of the things that drew me to it. So I, I I gravitate towards tellies. I have um I have this one and the other ones are upstairs. But, That's all right. Okay. But um, but I've never owned um oddly enough I've never owned a Fender telly. I have Fender pads. <laughs> so there's some other guitars. I have the blonde that's furthest from you is a is a Strat Deluxe. And yeah. Then there's the the jazz five string bass, and then and then there's a the Tom Anderson. The blue one's a Tom Anderson. What's and, the red uh, one? Huh? What's that red one? It's a three quarter. Is it's it? A, it's like a yeah. I bought it for my daughter, but it's. I gotta tell you, 
It's, ah, it's, I think uh, you were talking about that in the video. I saw you talk about that in the video. Who makes it? What is it? A squire? Yeah, it's a squire. It's like a little, you know, bullet? It's a little, is it a bullet or something? Oh, it's, it's like, I haven't picked it up in forever, but it's a killer sounding. The strings are heck of dead and so. <laughs> but anyway, it's a killer sounding little strat, you know, but. That's pretty I've funny. A couple times. Um, but it anyway, looks similar then, to, to mine that I have that one of mine. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. If you look behind me, it's uh, the red one behind me on the wall. Oh yeah. That's Good an buddy. Aria Aria Pro Two oh, from wow. like eighty two. I remember those. Uh, I think a Wildcat or something. I got for like forty bucks, like on like a Craigslist from somebody. Right. I guess uh, only got a deal on that. <laughs> that's great. Yeah. And then for for at least for this band right now, I'm using a Helix. Um, and preferably, you know, I'd rather not, frankly, but, um, have to cover a lot of tonal ground. And so it's just way too easy. I mean, it, I can either have a Randy McStein size pedal board. <laughs> or, uh, I saw you interviewed him. So I, I did. Was, um, which I just don't have. I don't, at this point, I, I could probably afford it, yeah. but I, but I would have to explain it. And that's the hard part. Yeah, uh, two Max you got to buy now first, anyhow. I would have to justify it. Yeah, right. I, you know, I have a, I have a when I'm doing real pedals, I have a twin reverb that I like that I swap the speakers out for, and and I have an Ignator amp, and um, you know, um, but uh, but for this band, it's it's I record with the Helix, which is really convenient because it it actually records. You can split the signal, you can choose your tone, and then you can also record the direct signal so it can be reamped at whatever studio, you know. Um, so I can do that simultaneously, which is, has been really handy. So a lot of the tones on the album are like Rich's, you know, our, our sound engineers, old Marshall or old Vox or okay. something. That um, makes sense because that's what I'm curious about because you have a lot of sounds and a lot of your stuff. I'm like, it's a lot going on there. Like, how do you kind of simplify it? Yeah, so the, 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 all the crazy fuzzes and stuff, and then there's sitar, and there's, you know, the sitar actually is from this guy, which has been my go-to guitar for for Spox and Transatlantic because it's a it's actually a Line Six, so it's got all the digital voodoo. So like the twelve twelve string sounds in there are actually quite good, um, but it also you can get a sitar sound out of it. And then it also has the magnetic pickups that sound, you know, very much like a Les Paul. So yeah, that's a cool guitar. Um, tuning issues though, like every Les Paul style guitar. Uh, it, it drives me nuts, especially when it's like a breakdown part and it's just like in Transatlantic on this last tour, you'd be breaking down to, uh, to just this little arpeggiated 12 string part. This isn't a 12 string, but it, yeah. it's like, And, you know, it's just naked. It's by itself and completely out of tune. (laughs) And then, you know, it's, I don't have, it's, I'm by myself at that moment. I I don't, I can't just stop and go, hold on guys, you know, let me get this back. So, you know, when you see anybody who saw Transatlantic, they, you know, they'd they'd see me incessantly, you know, um, tuning my guitar every opportunity I got because, you know, you time to tune it between rebooting your Mac, right? Well, your Mac was rebooting. You could the car. There was some nightmare. There were some nightmare gigs. <laughs> issues with that, but um, yeah. So that's basically 
my rig, I really want to build um, a proper <clears throat> analog rig for this band. It would just take some serious creativity. And um, I don't really like fuzz pedals. I have like 5 million overdrive pedals and some really cool stuff too. It, but I don't have, uh, you know, like I have the original Chandler tube driver from oh, wow. the 80s. Like, you know, and I have the newer version of that. I have all these love pedals and all these really cool pedals that I don't get to use in this band because I'm using the Helix. <laughs> but but I never I never bought a fuzz pedal that I liked. And the funny thing is, John, when he's writing, there's a fuzz sound in every song. And I just, I texted him and I'm like, dude, can you lay off the fuzz? Because I hate that. <laughs> I just don't even like that sound. So I decided to stop him. Anytime he does a fuzz, I'm just going to do a high gain, you know. Something that has a lot of sustain, but I'm just going to do high gain instead of fuzz, which is yeah, similar. Similar. That's pretty funny. Yeah, that fuzz has that like almost. I mean, some some people love it, and sometimes I like it too. Um, but uh, but it has that kind of lo-fi, you know, that grittiness, depending on what fuzz you pick. And there's some really cool ones built in to the helix. Yeah, there's a lot of sounds for fuzz. I mean, you really can't. Yeah, you can't narrow it down to one. Narrow down, pretty- not not nowadays. Right. I have a, I have um, a couple that I kind of gravitate to. Um, let's pull it up here. I don't know how interested your your listeners are for hearing different. How about yeah. that? Yeah, it's like has that. It's just really kind of. There's that one. There's the pocket fuzz, which is. I like that one. But my favorite is is this guy. How would you go? Yeah, just stick it on the neck and I love that. <laughs> That's that kind of uh, seventies. That's kind of rush how we feel. You know, it's yeah, it's like that Octavia kind of thing. Yeah, but anyway, very cool. Toys. Yeah, so if I get it, that's a that's the other trouble about running completely analog is if you have a if you have a fuzz with that much gain on it, you're going to just be feeding back, you know, across the yeah. especially single coils and stuff. So, so there is there is some merit to digital, I suppose, and they've come a long way, you know. The Line Six stuff has come a long way, and all the other brands that are more expensive have, have really uh, come a long way. I just um, haven't made that leap yet. Well, doing all the sounds you make, though, I mean, it's digital's got a little easier too. For everything you have going on, you couldn't possibly <laughs> have everything analog. Because I can, I, the way that this is set up too, I can program everything in kind of scenes, you know, and mm-hmm. so. Uh, all the delays spill over into the next patch, which um, some of the more expensive digital stuff doesn't do. Um, and so, yeah, there's there's that. And I can set up every song as a bank. And so it's just kind of, it's so convenient. If I had to do that with an analog board, I would just have to have some sort of, you know, control system in front of it. And it's, it's it, you know, in addition to all the pedals, it's, that system is also a pretty penny. So it's just, it's really pricey to try to replicate what I can do here, although I'm sure it would sound uh, a little bit better. It will sound a little bit better. 
Yeah, I don't know, man. It's getting, 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 nowadays things are getting so good digital. It's hard to tell. You know, I know. That's what I mean. It really is. You get on the forums and people just argue with that stuff for days. <laughs> I know. It's, it's, you know, and for me, it's like, it's a tool to get the job done. Right. Um, if you're, you're still going to sound like you. I agree. Having that natural, like, tactile feeling of the, of the, you know, of being on stage with a loud amp behind you. There's something, there's something about that that I think may urge you uh, towards a better performance or at least a different, like more energetic performance. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But I think there's some, there's something to that. Um, and so, you know, that, a lot of times even with this, I'll turn the speaker simulation off and throw it through the effects uh, <clears throat> return of an amp so I can have, so first of all, I'm using the power tubes um, and this, this just acts as a preamp basically. Um, so I can kind of have that best of both worlds type thing, but um, at least at least for the first shows we did with PSA, I just I just went direct. I really missed it, and our bass and Dave really missed it. He's our bass player. He's the only one who didn't have in ears on, and he, he's so the bass amp's like cranking on the stage, and nobody else is making any noise. And he's, he said even like with his wedge dialed up, it's still just oh, wow. empty and weird. So I think for the next, when we do the prog stock, um, you have to see. Um, but I don't know if you can see both of them. Okay. Anyways, this little guy. He's the new one. <laughs> like a puppet. It's cute. Okay. Hello, puppet. Um, anyway. Yeah, this, this time for prog stock, I'm going to pull, I'm going to at least bring a real amp. And um, put either put this through it or try to assemble some some sort of pedal board for it. But yeah, wow, <laughs> you are you are a busy dude, man. You got a lot going on. Yeah, yeah. and then work the job is nuts. I know. I know. And and work. I mean, so I mean, I appreciate you taking time today to sit down oh, and chat with me and introduce you to you know to the audience. I want people to check out all of your projects that you're in. You know, and you know. And, when your next release, I'll, I'll reach out to you if you want to come back on again. We can talk about break down some of your stuff, but um, this is kind of get everybody's whatever's appetite and start listening to your other stuff first. Shouldn't be long um, before PSA finishes this one, and then there's always a six month delay once you submit the masters these days because of good old vinyl. Yeah, yeah the vinyl. So, All right, but That's yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for uh, for having me. And yeah, and where can we uh, check you out? Facebook. You want to send people to Instagram? Who do you want to? I have a I have a Ted Leonard fan page on Facebook, but Pattern Seeking Animals. It's Pattern Dash Seeking Animals mm-hmm. um, is a good place to go. And I believe on the Facebook page, there's there's links to the actual website and that sort. Of thing. Okay. Um, Excuse me. And you know, of course. Spock's beard and enchant have pages, but yep. they've been they've been uh, they've been collecting dust for for the most part. Patterson Animals is is active and putting stuff out, and so it's a good place to look. That's you know if I I was starting with it's you know it's obviously the most recent albums that that I've been involved in, and the very most recent um, is probably my favorite of the three. So that one is. Well, it's the one with it's the one on right here, right, yeah. right there. So uh, I'm familiar uh, with it. 
create artwork? It's called Only Passing Through. And yeah, the artwork is really cool. Can't wait to put that on a shirt. But awesome, man. So, right, man. Well, thank you so much. And, thank you for uh, being yeah. on the show. It's awesome. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I guess when the next album comes out, maybe we can get back on and talk a little bit more.